0: How is it? Dr. Jody Dinnerman. She's a chiropractor on the East coast in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) And um, I'm hanging out here in Missouri. It is probably vastly different where you are right now than where I am right now, because it's like, well, it's actually gotten a bit colder in the last hour, but it was a really nice week so far. We've had like fifties and 60 degree weather.
1: Us too. I just went for a walk though, which is why my nose is so red, and it's like just turning cold. But then tomorrow it'll be like eighty degrees because that's just the world we live in. Oh, right now. wow! Okay, then. it won't
0: really be eighty degrees. Well, I might want to go to New Jersey instead. I have okay, eighty degrees here. Come on over. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to talk about going staffless, and this has been a hot topic for the last what almost three years. Literally, oh my god, three years now. <sighs> um, through the pandemic of course a lot of practitioners who were running practices with staff had to make big changes myself included I had a staff of five and now I have a staff of two and I actually found that through um reducing my staff my team size my life became simpler in many ways but there are also days that I dream of having a larger team again. So um, first, just kind of introduce yourself and share more about how you help health and wellness practitioners. And then we'll talk more about the ins and outs of going staffless.
1: Sure. So the, the irony is now I have a team of seven. And I think the last time we talked about it, I had one right hand. And now yeah. I'm into this. So I've been in practice for 20, almost 23 years on April 1st. And, um, I'm a pediatric and prenatal chiropractor and my love is chiropractic. And what I was just, I kept hitting a wall, feeling like a manager and feeling like I was going to the office to manage people. And I hated it. Mm-hmm. And it was distracting me from doing what I want to be doing, which is adjusting babies and bellies and pregnant women and educating and all of the things. And, um, before the pandemic hit, um, because that's what it did, right? It hit us. (laughs) Um, Before all of that, um, I figured out a way because push came to shove and I had to, I had to run my practice without staff. It was time, like insanity had shown its head and it was time for me to figure out how to do it. And I did, and I got really good at it. And then overnight, everybody lost their staff and I was like, Hey, I know what to do. And I started sharing these things with my friends and then it became a whole thing. And I wrote the first book and then the second book. And here we are today.
0: Yeah. You write books. I do. Like Amazingly fast. And I talk about writing books for years. <laughs> like I'm at a point actually now where I'm like, okay, I'm either going to do the thing or I'm going to stop talking about it completely. Because it's been so long and I'm like not actually committing time to doing it. But you amaze me with your ability to write and publish a book, which I actually see a couple of them behind you right now.
1: Yeah, well, I'm an English degree, Writing is my nature. I mean, I wanted to be on Broadway growing up. I was an actress for years. And then I've always been very animated and had a lot to say. I've also had a really unique path in my life. So um, I love the written word too much. Like it's, you know, a thing. And um, we're working on book five now. I say we, it's me and my angels, you know, but there's a lot of, you know, the book, the biggest book, Staffless, that's like my number one book. And it really just opens up the conversation for people and sparks curiosity. Like, oh, there's another way to do the practice thing. And one of the things that Dr. Danielle and I were talking about before we went live is my message is not to fire your staff and go without staff. My message is to have, if you do have a team, have them do what their true talent is. Instead of having an artist who is an incredible sculptor and web designer, or whatever their art is, instead of having them come to the office to file and empty trash cans, have them create artwork for the office, you know, find them the skill, the cultural match, the experience, the, the passion, and match it with what your practice needs. And usually, Usually we've got the wrong people in the wrong position, but when you mm-hmm. find the right position and the right people and you make that match, the click happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to do those things anymore that just aren't the best use of your time or that you don't have the talent for. I'm not a talented charts person. I Stats make me want to go sleep and take a nap, right? Right. But if I needed to track stats, I have a bookkeeper who loves spreadsheets and it's her jam.
0: Yeah.
1: She's not a writer. So I wouldn't give her a a blog post to write because it's not in her what's in her wheelhouse is numbers. What's in my content designer's wheelhouse is imaging and taking words and making them beautiful, right? So finding the skill and the cultural know-how, which is a big piece that we often miss. They have to be drinking the Kool-Aid, you guys. If you've got somebody sitting at your desk and they're ex- in exchange with your practice members, they have to be getting, they have to get what you do. And if they don't, the the thing is that we get chiropractic or wellness care or whole, holism. We get it because we either had a big boom that rocked our world and we had to get it, or we get it because it's been taught over a period of time, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to teach it quickly. So my biggest piece of advice when it comes to team is hire people who drink your Kool-Aid. If they're going to be in exchange with your practice members, if they're not, it doesn't, some of these people, like if I hire someone to take care of my house and to make sure that my house is good, they don't need to get chiropractic. It would be lovely if they did, but they don't, it's not a
0: cultural need. Right. So, okay. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm. First, I wanted to say I did not know that you were in theater before. I learned something new about you. Oh, all. are you surprised? <laughs> well, actually, guess now that you said it, I'm like, oh yeah, of course you were. <laughs> yeah. Put me on a stage. But I didn't. No, I didn't know that. Okay. So you have gone from yes, like really, the last time we talked. Um, there, well, there was like a crisis going on with your team and you were nearly down to just you and you were like, what am I going to do? And I was like, you're going right. to figure this out because this is exactly what you teach. But now you have a team of seven people. So tell me more about who, yeah. who, who, who are these team of seven people? Cause I know they're not just sitting in your office. There's not seven sure. people like, running around as CAs. You guys see
1: me dipping down because I have a puppy like under my desk, and I'm just praying that she doesn't start parking. So, um, we in I guess it was in the summer that's when we talked, and my right hand quit because she needed a full-time job. Totally get it. Loved her, Godspeed, good luck, all of that. Yeah, And what I found was when she quit, and this is the conversation that we had this summer, I looked at all of the things that she was doing and 80% of it could have been automated. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like I fell into the trap again. So I figured out all of the things that needed to be done. And I actually have like a, a map here of what this kind of figuring out looks like. So when I'm figuring things out, I need color. I need I need whiteboard. I need the written word. I need all of the things because of my visual. So I took took pen to paper and I said, okay, for this thing to work, here are the things that we need. And um, I hired one person for this and one person for this. But I went through the hiring process meticulously, figuring out what I don't want to be doing. That's Mm -hmm. what I need help Mm -hmm. with. What skills were needed for them to do those things? What uh, background, what education, what programs did they need to know? And did they need to be drinking the Kool-Aid? For some of the positions on my team, they drink the Kool-Aid. For some of them, they don't need to be. And then what we teach, we have a 12-week program and then we have a graduate program. And the 12-week program is all about efficiency at the front desk. There's nothing worse to me than going to my, going to my lady doctor visit, this is one of the stories in staff and sitting in walking in and the lady's like sitting here with her Dunkin' Donuts. Right. And she doesn't even look at me. She says insurance and credit card. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Are you talking to me? Because I'm early. Hi, I'm your patient, right? There's no eye contact. There's no smile and granted She's probably underpaid and overworked and I get a smile out of her. I find her coochie, coochie, coo, right. And we smile and we find it, we make a joke and then it becomes a warm human interaction. And then I go and I sit and I wait for 45 minutes and I'm reading these irrelevant magazines that are like hard because they've been sitting there. The the personal experience is gone. And that is the opposite of what I want to create in my practice. I want warm. I want love. I want and. I can't manage that, the exchange of warm and love and take care of the babies and the moms and the diapers and the wipes and the cookies and all of the things, right? So I figured out a way to have all the admin happen, either automated, or if it does require a person, that person does all of it, not at my office. And that's what I teach. Mm. And it's really good.
0: (laughs) Ah, Yes. And I really appreciate you sharing that you're not advocating for people to just have a staffless practice 100% hands down, right? Because, well, I mean, some people have um, too much going on in their practice. And by that, I mean, like, there's just too many people to manage, they have a big practice, and to do it all alone would be uh, way too overwhelming, or in some cases, literally impossible. But I do see exactly what you were talking about, where people hire a front desk person, for example, and that person just kind of sits at the front desk and like waits for things to happen. And it's a huge waste of time. But we have so much available to us now for us to be able to keep our expenses low, but also still have support at the same time that like there's there's varieties of options that it gets to look different. Yes. Then, you know, what we have seen our mentors and our teachers and like whatever else are our parents, if you had chiropractors that were parents, what we saw them do isn't what we have to do now.
1: Right. I feel like we have the ability now to ask questions about what we really want, not because we think that's what we're supposed to do. And for example, I had a I have teams of eight, nine, ten people who see three to four hundred people a week mm-hmm. hire me to come in and do the need to knee heart-to-heart conversation for their team. Right. Mm-hmm. And one person, I was um, I had a new client do like a strategy call with me today. And He wants somebody at the desk to be the warm chocolate chip cookie. Like he wants somebody to hold babies and shake hands and do the greeting. And I, and, but for whatever reason, his partner didn't want that for him. So I think that the most important thing is to figure out what you want for your practice. What do I want for my practice? I want no distractions between me and my babies. I don't want to listen to the conversations in the waiting room. I don't, I just want to go to my office, serve great chiropractic care and leave 10 minutes after my last person leaves. There are some people who want to come to the office and they want the whole thing. They want the the phone going and the, the person greeting at the door. And that's beautiful. So how do you know how to fit the right person to be that greeter or the right person to deal with the insurance? Or you can't have somebody who doesn't have abundance consciousness touching your money. You can't. Right. So if you got somebody saying you can't afford this and you're not doing this enough, they should not be touching your money. Your insurance, the, the way they talk about the, the same is true about health and wellness. If you got somebody who doesn't get the chiropractic message, if they don't get that health is above, down, inside out, and they come to your office and they're putting, they're, they're, they're spraying the poopy parade everywhere, right? And it's woe is me and the heavy energy that's infiltrating every cell of your office, right? And you guys, if you hear me say this word, these words, and it, you feel a pit in your stomach, you know that I'm talking to you. And it starts yes. with, what do I want for my practice? Do I have what I want for my practice? If I don't, what do I need to do to get there? And that's mindset set stuff, which Dr. Danielle is so amazing at coaching, right? I'm really good with the system stuff. Yes. Danielle is amazing at coaching mindset. Like, how do you know what you want to create for your practice? Who ever taught us, right? These are questions that we need to ask.
0: Well, really, the only thing that that can be taught to us is what other people are doing in their own practice. And we can see their examples and then we we get to decide sort of filtering from there. Do I like that? Does that fit for me? Is that an integrity for me? Is that authentic to me? Um, and I was on a podcast interview yesterday yesterday. Um, where I think I said that like 15 times, like every question he asked me, I kept coming back to, but but what is it that you want for your practice? What is it that you want? Why are you a chiropractor? Why are you in this career? Why did you choose this profession? Um, And And there are are like shaming
1: coaching programs out there that say to people, say this on this visit, say this at the spinal screenings, have this dollar amount. And it's like, how is that what you signed up? Is that really what you went to college for 10 years to do to read a script? And does that feel authentic to you? And if it does, that's your, that's your rodeo, you know, for Mm me, man. I need like celebration and authenticity every step of the way. And it just has never, it's never untrue for me.
0: Well, you know, those kinds of like scripts and things like that, when you talk about them, like, oh, barf, but truly there are times that they're, they're necessary for people because they, they just don't know what to start. They don't have a starting point, right? Like they don't know, they don't know who they are. They don't know what they want. They need some structure and some guidance so that they have a starting point. And the kind of people probably that you and for sure I attract are people that have like, they've been in that circle already. And they're like, this doesn't work for me, please, Lord, show me another way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I just don't like I don't like hearing chiropractors being shamed for mm. not doing it no. right. And yeah. I don't know that the, I mean within the statutes of the law, right? I don't know that there isn't I I feel like everybody needs to find their right way and their yeah. unique expression of how they were artists, right? And everybody's going to do their artwork differently, yeah. which is part of the beauty of practice.
0: One of the things I always say is that adjusting is like handwriting. Like we're all taught to write a letter A, this, 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 but we all go through school and we learn to write the letter A and then five years after school, our letter A's look all different. Right. I love that. Yeah. And and that's wow. like normal and natural for your letter A to look different from everybody else's letter A.
1: It's been really cool because I, you know, I, I was, um, I kind of had my head under the I, I I would just have been adjusting people for the past 20 years. That's been my jam. And when I started, Danielle was actually the person who was like, "Jody, you're a coach. And I'm like, I'm not a coach. I'm not going to coach. No coaching. And then I was like, oh, man, I guess I'm coaching. So. <laughs> And I, I really didn't know all of the different expressions of chiropractic that were out there because I've been in my little world and my little corner in chiropractic. It's fascinating what people are doing. And I'm, I have people define for me all the time. What even is that? I don't even know what you're doing. I don't even know what you're talking about, but I know how to get your practice efficient. No matter what you do, it can always be more efficient.
0: Yeah. That's one of the things that we have in common is that you can work with, you don't even just work with chiropractors. You work with all kinds of health and wellness practitioners. So do I, because what we teach is not specific to chiropractic. It's you you have your own unique thing within chiropractic per se, but like it's about being efficient and automating and my brain, that's not natural to my brain. My brain likes things to be complicated. (laughs) My brain likes to like um, do things differently every single time. Right. And I've over the last couple of years, i have really like getting to see your inside process. You think through something and then you create a system from it right away. And I've had to, awesome. right. yeah, I've had to learn to do that. And it's still not a strength of mine. My brain is like big picture, big ideas, kinds of processes like in thought. Um, so I just I really appreciate you know that you have stepped into the role of a coach whether you know you identify oh, yeah, yeah. as a coach or not. Um, <laughs> coaching and and coaching means different things to different people. Some like for me, I'm, I'm very artful about coaching. I, I believe that as a coach, my job at the essence, the root of it is to ask people the right questions to get them to do the things that they know that they should be doing or could be doing, but they won't do already. Mm -hmm. And other people see coaching as like more of like a consulting or mentoring relationship. And sure. Yes. I can, I can tell you what to do. I can give you my advice, but my ultimate goal is to empower people to, um, to not need me uh-huh. to to like learn how to trust their their inner voice so mm-hmm. that they know what the right next step is I and love that. If they feel off track you know they can come back to their inner resources to decide what what's next or what is you know what's the right next step okay so Tell us more about staffless practice. Where do people start if they're in this realm of like, maybe they have staff, maybe they don't. They're they're trying to figure out, should I hire someone? Should I not? What's the starting point?
1: Um, do a time study. Look at how you're spending your time in the office. Have your team, if you have a team, do a time study and then give a dollar amount to each Um, item, do it for three days, write down everything you do, and then go back to it and um, attribute a dollar amount for each activity Mm -hmm. and look at where the energy suckers are. Look at the things that you have on your list that when you you go to do them, you're like, oh God, I really don't want to do this. Look at the things that there could be a fire around you and you wouldn't notice it because you're so into what you're doing. And Find a way. So here's, here's the thing you either find a way to automate the things that you don't want to be doing, get rid of the things that you don't want to be doing, or delegate the things that you don't want to be doing. It's one of those three things or choose to stay where you are and let it get worse. Mm -hmm. Right? So I have gotten really good at like feeling the ooh immediately. As soon as I feel the ooh, I don't want to be doing this, I make a change. But some of us need to really, really feel the ooh, right? yes. yes. So, and that's true with anything. It's true with our health. It's true with our relationships. So I invite you to just take a bird's eye view and be, um, separate yourself from the attachment of what's going to come of it and just Be witness to how you're spending your energy time, which is the most precious of all of our commodities, right? We don't get time back. It's Mm -hmm. if we're putting energy on something, what, where is our heart? Where is our mind? Where is our attention when we're serving, when we're not serving, when we're with our family, what's not working, what's working. And then if you have a team, it may, we have a whole program called the pivot, where if you have a team and you're like, oh man, this really isn't working, you may need to create a pivot where you figure out what would make it work. You break it down into stages and then you have a meeting of agreement with your team saying, this is what I want to do. You're either in or you're out. Here's your opportunity to go out. Mm -hmm. Here's your opportunity to lean in and be part of our next stage of awesomeness. And then if if you don't have a team, it looks like, I think, Danielle, the most important thing is automating what should be automated, but doing it in a personal way. Don't automate things that shouldn't be automated because it's just cheesy, right? Automate things with a personal style so that people still feel connected to who you are. The phone, the texting, the emailing. My promise during my 12-week program is if you follow my lead, you'll never have to answer your office phone again. That's my walkaway promise, unless you want to. Some people like talking on the phone. I'm not a phone talker unless it's with my girl, Danielle. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I can't listen to the stories about Johnny at soccer practice and he fell down and the latex allergy on the bandaid and the shoelaces and the coach and the screaming. I can't listen to it because I only have so many hours to be at my office. So I'd so much rather text and say, Hey, Sally, I'm running five minutes late. Go get a cup of coffee on me. Right, mm-hmm. instead of hey Sally, it's Dr. Jody, I'm running five minutes late. Oh my god, you want? And some people say, Jody, I need to hear those conversations with my practice members. Cool, then carve out time because those are top dollar activities for you. For yeah. me, not the best use of my time at all. Yeah. So, everybody's different, it's not a cookie cutter thing. Did I answer your question?
0: Mm. Yes, <laughs> oh, I have. Um, so much to say about time studies, but, but to keep it short, um, when I was a resident in sports and rehab way back in the day, I would sometimes need to put, um, injured athletes in a walking boot and, and I would just be like, okay, you got to get this boot. It's gonna, You're going to be in it for the next, you know, probably six weeks or so, etc. And, um, then I had an injury from running long distances and I had to be in a walking boot. And I was like, Oh my God, this is completely horrible. <laughs> and I hated wearing that boot. And I barely made it a week before I was like, screw this boot. I am not wearing this anymore. My back was hurting. My hips were all off. It just sucked. But from that moment forward, I had so much more empathy when I knew like this, I've got to tell this athlete, they've got to be in a walking boot, right? I would like, right. listen, this is going to suck. I'm sorry, but you've got to do this to get better. Um, you've got to be a good patient. Like you've got to wear this thing while you're sleeping, whatever it was that I needed them to do. I, I could come to it from a place of a lot more empathy. So different,
1: so different than studying it, right? Oh, Experiencing every ounce, you know, if anyone had told me <laughs> 20 years ago, what it's like being a mom to a 17 year old boy,
0: Would I don't you know, know if you mind about having kids at all. I don't.
1: I really don't know because it's that difficult. But now when I have a new mom come into my office, who has a 15 year old, who's just getting into that, I know everything. I'm a teenager. Mm -hmm. mode. I can relate from my heart, not from, because I, Oh, I know I read the books. No, I get it. I'm with you hundred percent face down. Let me adjust to you. I get, I'm with you. I get it. And that is, there's nothing replaces that experience. Every everything we go through in practice, every heartache, every fall we have, I've literally coined myself an expert mistake maker and solution creator because I have fallen down so many times. I, I'm falling down right now. As we're speaking, I'm going through it, right? And I'm figuring it out and I'm learning my lessons so that I can walk the next person through
0: it. I swear to you, that's why we go through our stuff. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So about the time study, you know, like I used to assign them as homework to people sometimes, and then I actually got assigned a time study from a coach that I was working with way back, like six or seven years ago. And I was like, "Oh no, I don't want to do this because I already knew before I even put pen to paper that I wasn't going to like what I saw when I did the time study. I, I, and I even knew intuitively, like, well, these are the the problem spots, right? The problem areas." Um, So now when I assign a time study to someone, I'm like, I know this is going to suck. (laughs) Maybe it will be easier for you than it was for me. I hope that it will be, but this is going to be hard to look at. It'll be painful. But as you mentioned before, some of us, most of us probably have to get to the really, really ick, like the, like it has to be sucking really bad before we're motivated to make a change. Your staff has to be driving you up the wall. Um, they, they have to have walked out on you. They, like, right. Things have to be really bad before you're like, okay, I have no choice. I have to do something different.
1: I, you know, I call it ozone therapy. There are three zones. The first zone is, oh no. And this is like, this sucks. And this is not what I signed up for. The second zone is, oh really? There's another way of doing things so that it goes from, oh no to, oh really? Mm-hmm. And then the third zone is, oh Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. But the course to go from oh no to oh really can be ten. For me, it was twenty years. Oh God. The course to go from oh really to oh yeah, it can be like that quick, or it can take. It can, you can go through the wrong lessons and the wrong try this on and try that on. I was like a bat out of hell when I realized. I can't have staff here anymore. I have to figure out how to do the staffless thing. I did it really quickly. And I found the right people to show me what to do. I found the right programs, the right... Solutions, the right coaches, the right mentors—you being one of them, Danielle. You know, and like I hang on for dear life. This is what I want to do. What do I do? How do I do it? And I just pull information from these brilliant people, and that's what we do. We we show up, we suit up, we learn, we absorb information, and we figure it out because yeah. we're we're wellness practitioners, and we've got we've got the wings, we've got the we got the cape, we got the we got the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Okay, I've got to wrap up because I'm going to go out to dinner. If people want to um, connect with you and learn more about how you help and and how like the, the process of working with you essentially to fix these problems, to improve their automation, their systems and clean up their staffing issues. Yeah. Where do they go? The
1: best thing you can do is join my Facebook group, which is Staffless Practice. It's Staffless Practice Community. If you do the facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash staffless practice, you'll find me. And if you guys right now, we have a promotion, it actually ends tomorrow. I'm sorry, but it does. But if you give me Danielle's name, you get all of my bells and whistles. So if you're interested in learning about our 12 week program, this is like, this is it. This is the time to do it and lean in and tell me that you're one of Danielle's people and I'll hook you up.
0: Who is the 12 week program for?
1: Um, it's for the wellness practitioner who wants to serve more people, earn more money and spend less time on the practice. You, you don't want to keep answering the phone and you want to leave after right after your last person leaves. You want to do your notes. You want to do them compliantly. Mm-hmm. You want to email and text people compliantly, and you just don't know where to start.
0: That's yeah. Yeah. So people that are like spending way too much time in the administrative stuff, they're getting, you guys, there's down. another way to do it. Yeah.
1: And don't go firing your staff because I promise you they're talented. You just have to bring their talents forward. Like, come here, come forward. And that's what you shine when they're at the office.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you so much. I love you. I hope that you have a great night. Thanks, babe. See you soon. Hey, thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. If you love this podcast, then be sure to join our free community, the health and wellness practitioners group over on Facebook, where you can continue the discussion and get to know other people in the community as well. We're a group of chiropractors, naturopaths, acupuncturists, midwives, doulas, massage therapists, mental health therapists, counselors, nutritionists, and the list goes on. So come join us, get to know other people, build some personal and professional relationships. You can find the group by heading to drdanielangela.com forward slash community and request to join the group. I will see you inside from there.